Hi, my name is Mary Spender, and you are listening to Tuesday, 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 Tuesday Talks. This episode is the reason I started this podcast. I wanted to compile some interviews that I have had on my YouTube channel when it was really, really small, and I just kind of wanted them to be resurfaced, and I wanted just to bring a bit more awareness to them. So in this episode, I am going to feature my interview with Kate Tunstall, Ariel Posen, Joey Landreth, and Joanne Shaw-Taylor. And those four names are only more prominent now. I think the majority of them were recorded in 2017. So again, I apologise for the audio quality Um, We were in situations that I had no control over. It was just opportunist. So I'm really, really excited to replay the first interview with my absolute idol and inspiration, Katie Tunstall. Your signature sound, where it's like really percussive guitar, uh, mainly acoustic, but you have obviously played electric a lot. Have you ever had the opportunity of getting a signature guitar made? I am slightly disappointed that it's not come my way actually, but I think if I was going to do one it probably would have happened right at the beginning when Eye to the Telescope blew up and, um, you know, like I I know Ed Sheeran's done one and Taylor Swift has done one and I have to say that when when my record came out it was a slightly different time when musicians and brands weren't really quite as in each other's pockets as they are now and and as a musician then I was super kind of hesitant to do anything with an advert or a you know commercial or um, it was it was when I got offered stuff it would turn it down and I'd probably do it now because I think people's perception of artists working with brands is much more relaxed now than it used to be and you hear like Radiohead songs on films and Led Zeppelin songs on films and you would never used to hear that because it was sort of you know a bit of dirty dirty money to go down a path (laughs) with a company And, and now it's thankfully for musicians there's a much more relaxed attitude towards it because it's actually a really great way of making an income whereas yeah. there's a very limited amount of places where you can make an income now it's just very different it's much harder to make a living as a musician as it, than it used to be yeah. as I'm sure you know yes even for me as an established artist it's still a juggle and it's still a stress to try and make the business side of things work and because of that a lot of the time I'm touring solo because it's just too expensive to take a band and I'll go home after touring for eight weeks with no money and you've got to you've got to run it as a business so that's partly yeah. why I've really expanded my solo show is that it works much better as a business as a solo show but I do enjoy it and I think my fans really enjoy seeing that as well but I would love to do a signature guitar I think it would probably make sense that it was an acoustic guitar I do play a custom guitar by Gibson yeah. which is the, the, the dove, dove. So it's, it's the white dove, but I've got the Elvis dove, yeah. which was customed, customed for him, which is black yeah. with a white scratch plate. Yeah. But I got stars on my fretboard, um, and I, which I love. And then I recently um, commissioned another 
custom guitar from Gibson, which is a it's a it's a completely white dove. So it's all white, white scratch plate, white headstock. Fretboard. Fretboard has really beautiful southwestern kind of Native American amazing. symbols in it because it, oh, the last record was made in California. And I, I wrote a lot of it in Joshua Tree in New Mexico as well. So it was there's there's been a lot of that influence so it's a bit of a kind of souvenir of that time. I'm very jealous of you living in that part of the world. It's a really amazing place especially for music like West Coast pop and rock and you know, Fleetwood Mac and yeah, yeah. Tom Petty it's just all yeah. uh, seminal kind of building blocks of popular music really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I think if I did a signature guitar I'd probably do a little half size acoustic um, that's the kind of guitar I love playing as well as these kind of big jungle ones. Um, for Invisible Empire, did you play a Washburn? Was it that tight? Yeah, tiny? I got a little Washburn that guitar. Was stunning. It was really cool and I've yeah. still got it and I need to get it out of storage actually because it's it's a very particular sound. It's a blues sound basically. Yeah. So it sounds like an old, even if it's a brand new guitar, it sounds like a battered old little blues guitar. Yeah. Um, and it's got, it's very good for picking. It's a little tricky for strumming because yeah. it's a very mid heavy honky sound. But for picking, you can get this lovely tone out of it. It's mm-hmm. very cool. Uh, one of my other favorite guitars I've got, which I don't play a lot, is um, Gretsch did these really cool picture guitars that were really cheap. They've got like pictures of cows being abducted by aliens. What? And it says way out west, and like, there's another red, that's a green one, that's a cow being abducted by aliens. And then another one, it's like old kind I of haven't seen this. screen print. Yeah. Like, um, style pictures and then another one is a cowboy yeah um i've seen you play the white falcon yeah the, so that's yeah. electric this is still acoustic and they're a little half size and i just took all the strings off and they've just got uh an e string and an a string but tuned to the same note right. it's just a two string guitar that you sort of play like a bass i play it on a song called umanak song which has got a really cool kind of bass line mm-hmm. guitar part but it's it's great to experiment with that, with like taking strings off, yeah. only having one string. Um, another really um, favourite string setting of mine is the Nashville high strung, which is if you've got a really rubbish guitar that sounds crap, doesn't matter. You just take all the high strings from a twelve string set of strings, yeah. just put the high ones on, and any guitar will sound amazing. I only figured that out in January. Yeah, it's beautiful, it and especially for picking parts, actually because the voicing's different, mm-hmm. because it's not going low to high, it's kind of going a bit, it goes back low again at the top, so you get picking patterns that are impossible to play, mm-hmm. and you sound like you're playing something very complicated when actually it can be quite easy. So it's really good, that's a good one to talk about with. That's amazing. Did you ever have one of those moments where it was like, I saw Katie play earlier, and you were playing with your thumb, mm-hmm. um, like the, the bass note, yeah. and um, did you have a moment when you figured out how to do that? Because you're self-taught. Because I, I had like a, it didn't work, it didn't work. Do you mean work. on the on the fretting? Yeah. On, yeah. Um, so I've got, I have got. Thank you very much. I really shape. appreciate <laughs> people clapping for my hands. It's amazing. It's slightly out of sync. Um, so I've got quite skinny fingers and bony knuckles, like quite big knuckles. So I can't play bar chords. I've never been able to play bar chords. Nice. I just can't, I can't flatten all the strings. Is that maybe the size of your neck on the Gibsons? No, well? it's any guitar ever. Right. I can't play bar chords. I just can't dampen because this bit sticks out and then this bit's too thin and it doesn't get all the strings. 
So teaching myself guitar, I've always just taught, I've just made up chords. So I use a lot of open strings, but I can't, I can't play the bar F, so I had to use my thumb. And it's, and it's, it's just very normal way of playing yeah. for me. Um, it's a habit. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just some shapes that I've taught myself that work up and down the neck as a sort of bar chord alternative. But I'm quite glad really, because I've ended up with a bunch of chords that are sort of mine rather mm -hmm. than what everybody plays. You went to university to study music. Mm -hmm. Did you did you just play guitar there or did you play another instrument? No, I went to university mostly on the basis of being a flute player, actually. Really? I'm a, a grade 8 flautist. Right. I learned that at high school and I was also classically trained on piano. So that was, that was the kind of more classical training that I had yeah. that took me to uni to do music, but I was really interested in doing com composition. Um, and when I got there, it was basically like doing maths, and I, yeah, I had no interest in well, course really. And it's your fault that I, when I was eighteen, yeah, I wanted to be a singer songwriter, yeah, and my parents used you as an example. Yeah, like Kate she Council, went to university, she went to university. So um, yeah, I did academic classical music. As yeah, well. it's I played it, the I viola, mean, and I haven't played it in five years. Well, listen, I bet you will because now I'm just making a new record and playing flute on three tracks. Wow, and okay. so glad that I've got another instrument. Yeah, and playing strings is. Invaluable, especially viola, because you've got the. You can play if you can put string arrangements on your music, and you don't have to pay thousands of pounds for musicians. That's true. And you know how to arrange. That's a brilliant skill. I wish I could play violin. I might have viola. to pitch correct it a little. Bit yeah, <laughs> that's all right. We all do that these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's it's very useful playing all those instruments, and there was definitely. I definitely got something from doing the music uh, degree, but I did a joint honours with music and theatre, so I just ended up doing theatre oh, studies. Nice. As a f I, I did music, I think, for two of the years, and then just did theatre, and so it was much more focused on performance and stuff. So if I did it again, I might go to uni again, but I probably wouldn't study music. Yeah, I've, I feel the same way. I, I would I go with theatre studies because actually the performance side of it is just as important mm. as anything else if you want to be a performer. I would have gone with history of art. That That's too, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm not an actress though, I can't, yeah, I can't I think, do that. Um, to be completely honest, if I did it again, I probably wouldn't go to university. I would probably just get it's on with doing now, gigs. It? It's Night definitely different and, and it's, you know, it's a lot of money. and. Um, but I got my deal at 29, and I think I would probably prefer to have had things starting a bit earlier than that, rather than yeah. having gone through uni. But you know, you can't regret anything, and I met people, and I... It kind of worked. I def it definitely worked. <laughs> and I also had an opportunity to gig for a student audience, yeah. which was a very safe place to try things out, and, you know, start. Yeah. Start playing live. The amount of open mics I've done mm. to figure all that out and yeah. all the things that can still go wrong. Yeah. Even once you've done thousands and thousands of shows, yeah. it's just still that It's buzz. good. There's nothing like just practicing and gigging yeah. to get you good. Yeah. Well, I'm aware of your, your valuable time, so thank oh. you very, very much for joining me. <laughs> Pleasure. And uh, yeah, subscribe to my channel and I'll see you next week. Bye. Um, there are so many things that I want to ask you, um, but we just don't have time. It could be a lifetime of conversation. My favourite colour is turquoise. 
right. That was it. <laughs> End of interview. The guitar playing in the background of that video is the boys from that pedal show. And this was at an event run by Boss um, at House of Vans in September 2017. And I cannot believe that is two years ago. So Katie Tunstall, I really, really want her on a full podcast. I would love to interview her again. Still so many questions I have to ask her. We had such a short amount of time. I had gotten off, a, I've been, I'd been on a work trip um, for sure. And I got back at 2 p.m. from Chicago and then, well, maybe a bit earlier in the day. And then I arrived at House of Bands at 2 p.m. Just not having slept. Uh, I'd showered at a friend's house who lived in London. And yeah, I just had to take that opportunity. And I was just so proud of myself for getting through it unscathed and do you know what um I don't know how she even remembered whether she remembered whether it was just coincidence but I met Katie Tunstall recently again and she remembered me and that was really sweet it was such a nice touch and she will just remain an idol I mean eye to eye to the telescope is such a perfect album like it's absolute perfection let alone the the other ones in her catalog it's just you know as a debut that was really really extraordinary so um let's move on to the next interview i mean the next two interviews are next three interviews this whole podcast <laughs> are guitarists that i have to kind of like get out of my head a little bit when I'm talking to these guys or when I am comparing myself to them because I realize that I can only be me. There is no other way I can be an Ariel Posen or a Joey Landreth. They are extraordinary musicians and they have worked so hard for a very, very long time. And I realize that I am spending time with some of the best musicians on the planet. So when I get compared next to these guys, I kind of take it as a compliment because I get compared and people think I'm awful next to them. And that is okay because I am so aware of how extraordinary and talented and hardworking and the graft and the hours that these guys have put in to not just the guitar, but to songwriting and to performing and to singing. So I'm going to run the next two interviews back to back. This uh, next one is Ariel Posen. And then the one after will be with Joey Landreth. First thing, what are you doing in Guildford? Good question. What am I yeah. doing here? How what do could I end you up possibly in? be doing in Guildford? Yeah. Such a random place to show up. Um, I was uh, spending the week doing some shows, mm -hmm. not in the UK, but in Ireland and Belgium. And I'm here to do some Andertons videos tomorrow. Yeah, we love them at Andertons. We love them at Andertons, so. We are stones throw away from the Andertons Literally. shop. We are staring at it. Yeah. And a, and a hot air balloon that just came into the picture. I don't know where you see that. Which you can't see. Which you can't see. So that's good. Terrifying, I would never, <laughs> want, to, I would never <laughs> want to do that. Really? Yeah. Oh. You should come to Bristol though, because there's an annual balloon fest, and so you can look at all the pretty balloons. There are like hundreds of thousands of them. I'm happy to look at them. Yeah. I just don't think I could go up in the sky in one. I could. Have you? 
No, I've never oh. done it, but I could. Mm. Um, we might just let this lovely lady walk by. You can walk through. <laughs> That's all right. It's <laughs> okay. That'd be a really funny, like, <laughs> continual just, thing. Yeah, just a series of them. Yeah. Like a clown car. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. All right. Um, first things first, let's talk about this guitar or your guitar collection. Sure. This is a nice Sir. Yeah, this is a Sir uh, uh, Classic Antique. So it's based off of just a, a more of a vintage style setup. Mm -hmm. They have a pro, uh, a pro version as well. So as you can see, it's it's kind of beat up. Half from me, half half came that way. Relict, um, just vintage feeling and looking with their own pickups. And this is just what I gravitated to. I've always been. A, a, a lover of strats. Yeah. And I always wanted one of these. And uh, when the opportunity arose to uh, work with these guys and, and play one of these, it was happy days. Cool. For sure. And so you also play Collings? Yep. Same thing with them. And uh, they have their the, acoustic guitars, their Waterloo, aren't they? Yeah. So Waterloo is a, like a subdivision mm -hmm. of Collings. So Collings, they've been doing electrics for about 12 years mm -hmm. they've been doing acoustics for about 30 i don't know actually a long time so calling still has their acoustics their mandolins all that oh, stuff right, okay. which are beautiful mm -hmm. and then the waterloos are beautiful as well but just a more affordable range yeah style guitar made in the same place mm -hmm. you know um glorious yeah like, um the one i have is a, a wl14 which is like a parlor sized Oh, I uh, love parlor guitars. Ladder brace, so it yeah. sounds like an old Stella guitar. Yeah. It's got that mojo. I've watched the Instagram videos. I know what it looks like. Nice. Yeah. Um, cool. What gauge strings do you have on this one then? Because I know you're pretty slidey, aren't you? So I uh, am slidey. Yeah. <laughs> this is a this is 11 to 52. So normally. It's quite low for you. Uh, yeah. This is this is my. Well, I don't mean low. I mean like low, as in. 11 is like a low, not 19. Right, yeah. so it's high. So it's high. <laughs> yeah. This is like my, the, the balanced um, set. Oh, oh there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this gauge I can play comfortably with or without a slide. Cool. And I still have the action, like kind of high. Yeah. And I guess 11s are typically, 46 is the low. Yeah. So 52, heavier bottom, slightly. Yeah, definitely. I've just switched one of my guitars to 11 to 56. Nice. It's really heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't would, quite realize. That would take some adjusting to yeah, get used to. Yeah, definitely. I'm and, trying to, and the oh. guitar has to adjust as well. Yeah. Because otherwise it goes Oh, it becomes a new instrument. I know. I yeah. Know. And these guitars, like, I keep this floating, as you can see. You know, so you can do oh, wow. all the Jeff Beck stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which you can't really hear without an amp, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, the heavier strings, you just, the, the whole guitar needs to be completely set up again. Yeah. When you put crazier strings on it. I think yes. I want to move to 12s. Yeah? Yeah. For, for standard tuning. I'm working, oh, wow. I'm working my way up there. Okay. I have really okay. skinny, like, puny fingers. They're right. long, but they're, they're not, they don't have, like, the strength. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm trying to get stronger and I want to That's just a capo, again. isn't it? Yeah. That's a very cool capo. What kind of makes that? It's a page. Ah. So it's like, you know, you'll so never lose it. You'll never lose it. Boom. That's very useful. Yay. Gone. Very, very handy. 
Um, so, The Brothers Landreth, who mm. I obviously adore Let It Lie, that album is extraordinary, but it was recorded quite a long time ago now, wasn't it? 14, 15, 16. That album is like four years old. Yeah. Long overdue for a new one. Is that uh, on its maybe. way? Maybe. Might be. Might be. Can't say for sure, but maybe. Yeah. Leave them wanting more. Yeah. <laughs> that album basically, it came out like in Canada. Yeah. For a year, and then it came out in the states a year later. Yeah. So it kept getting extended, and then the UK, Europe, and then Australia. So it's like it just kept getting longer and longer. Wasn't it a bit of a fairy tale trip to Nashville though? Didn't you go down just for a few days? Yeah, basically. And then you came out with a record deal. Yeah. Long story short. <laughs> That's insane. It's not usually that that uh, that easy. No, not at uh, all. Nothing's easy, but I mean, it's not what you would expect yeah. on your first try. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me on this Tuesday Talks. My absolute pleasure. Anytime. And now, here's Joey Landreth. There is a lot of YouTube content about your guitar playing, your sliding, if that's the term, and and also your songs. But songwriting, how, like, where do you start with songwriting? Uh... Just with feelings. (laughs) Yeah? You emotional? Yeah, I, I mean... Well, no. I, th- I mean, I find I find the um, songwriting is very cathartic for me, you know. And yeah. it's when it's hard to express yourself, myself. Usually, that's when that's when I sit down and start working on a song. And it's or if something, you know, if I'm moved by something or whatever, it's usually it's usually pretty personal for the most part. At least, yeah. at least, you know, the the beginnings of an idea is usually personal, and sometimes it grows beyond. But usually it stays sort of within the realm of personal sort of, uh, you know, a, a relation to me somehow. Yeah. Um, but um, What comes next? The guitar or the melody or, like, singing? Um, it kind of totally depends on what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm traveling a lot, then I, I'm driving most of the time, so then it's, it's, um, it'll be melody or lyrics. Yeah. If I'm, home, if I'm home off the road, then it's usually music first, because so, okay. I'm usually you know, with a guitar in my hand at most points in the day. But, so yeah, it just kind of depends on what's going on in the schedule. If I'm mostly traveling or mostly sort of relaxing, then, then it totally depends. And, and of course, there's always other outside factors that change, so. No. Yeah, so it's, I, I mean, I kind of don't, I don't really have a specific process as much as, you know, uh, what's the, there's a the great Tom Waits quote where he just talks about like, you know, I think about a song like it, like, like it's a bird. And so if the song is the bird and I'm, I'm the windowsill, I just got to be a windowsill that the bird wants to land on. Yeah. Something kind of like that. Didn't he say something about when, he, when he's driving along and sometimes he'll just be like, creativity not now like he'll feel a song coming to him and he'll just be like not now I'm yeah. driving I'm oh sorry. god I wish I had that problem I know yeah that's a problem I, I don't know. have that's a prolific problem yeah. isn't it that's amazing yeah. and what was the last song that you wrote like obviously it will be unreleased I guess yeah I'm, I mean I've got I, I work generally I work in batches so like right. the, the last the last batches the last batch of songs that was finished were the songs for um Oh no! What am I talking about? I, I just finished. I finished four songs with my brother uh, about a month ago. We're writing for a new Brothers Landreth record, and so we we finished. <laughs> we finished four tunes. He came to visit me in Toronto for my birthday, Amazing. and um, 
he hung out for a couple extra days and then we, we, we finished a bunch of tunes that, and usually I, I, the way I work is I, I take a song as far as I can go, which is usually most of the way. Yeah. And then I'll bring it to somebody else, either my brother or I've got a bunch of other people that I really like to collaborate with. And they'll kind of like peel the idea back and, and help me finish it. So it's, well, it's, yeah, it's kind of a fun process. My brother does a lot of editing, you know, for my writing. So even the songs that like I finish, I still kind of run them past my brother because he's just, he's a, he's a beautiful songsmith and um, he's got a, he's got a sort of a very poetic approach. Mm -hmm. And whereas I'm pretty, you know, pretty everyday, here are my feelings or here's what I think of this or what, yeah. you know, it's, it's very, um, colloquial and and my brother will will kind of bring in the imagery and he's a really beautiful writer that way um so yeah i like to collaborate a lot mm. yeah. when it comes to lyrics do you find do you read a lot and it's a weird question no that's a great question i want to read a lot i'm the same but i don't i'm the same when people are like you must be you know if you're trying to write lyrics and i guess it's a form of poetry yeah sure they're like you must be reading all the time I I don't I wish I read more I yeah wish. I'm always I'm always so jealous of those people who are like yeah back uh, last week I was reading some Sturgill and uh, <laughs> just like I mean I melt my brain on Instagram most of the time That's you have kinda... to come more in the frame oh. otherwise it's just me am I, am I wandering around too much yeah um, <laughs> yeah I just kind of melt my brain on the internet a little more than uh, than I should yeah I wish I was a more avid reader I, I really rely on feelings as well to write songs, so I, I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. um, that's really interesting. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday Talks. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Last but not least, here is Joanne Shaw Taylor, who yet again is just another extraordinary but humble musician to give me her time. Uh, this was ahead of a show at Bristol Colston Hall back when I lived over that way in England. And... Yeah, she was just so sweet. And yet me and my dad had discovered her on Jules Holland, which was such a big deal in England uh, when she was on. And then she was doing this huge sold out tour. And and yet she took the time to speak with me when my channel was so small and she didn't know who I was at all, probably. And yeah, this is the interview. And I love the fact that we chatted and I got to play her 1966 Fender Esquire. You have your beautiful guitar here. Can you tell us the story of this? I can. Fender this Esquire. is um, this is named Junior. It's sort of my main guitar. I bought. It's a 1966 Esquire, uh, which I bought on Denmark Street in London when I was 15. So it's amazing. I've been playing about two years, and um, I've been playing sort of hand-me-down guitars for my older brother. Mm -hmm. And um, this was first guitar I've bought I've been working in a guitar shop to save up some money which I know at 1966 vintage instrument sounds a bit extravagant for a 15 year old but I got it cheap because somebody had attacked it here with a knife previous owner right but obviously originally it was only meant to have the first the bridge pickup in it so I had it dug out and put in the humbucker and a little five way was there not already a space underneath yeah there's usually a space for a single coil oh it's just know. a single coil or it was in this, and this had sort of been. I think somebody's had too many tequilas and tried to do a home job or something. Oh my god! But it, uh, but it worked out well for me because I was never going to sell the guitar, so I, yeah. and I wouldn't recommend 
uh, messing with vintage instruments and ruining them usually, but no. it works out a lot better for me and I don't plan on selling it ever, so that's courtesy of United Airlines. Thank you for that one. Yeah, that is a big chunk. It is a bit, but yeah. It gives it character. Yeah, well, it's it was already pretty messed up anyway. That's but. amazing though. So 1966, that's... Yeah, yeah. beautiful neck on it. So yeah, that's... And so that's the main, that's the main gal. It is, yeah. <laughs> Has been for, for many a year. I keep going back to it because I, I stopped travelling when that happened, the dent. Because um, they must have taken it out of the case and dropped it. I stopped uh, flying with it for a while. But it's just unforgivable when people... It's, it was, it was a bit stress-inducing that day. Yep. But yeah, uh, but yeah that's, that's the baby. Okay, and so you've got Les Pauls as well. Any particular stories around those? Not particularly. I've kind of... Um, most of them are actually... The main one I call Lemon Drop, which um, you'll see me playing tonight a great deal. Um, I was lent to Les Paul by Gibson in Austin when we did the third album, and I'd never really played Les Pauls before mm-hmm. that and just fell in love with it, and it was a lemon top with a you know grade you know five sort of... Um, flame, it was absolutely beautiful, and they wouldn't let me keep it, which I was heartbroken about. So I just sort of searched. Uh, Tempting you, to yeah, Gibson, but not letting you actually. Exactly, it was a bit sort of bittersweet, but um, oh. <laughs> I searched all the Gibson forums religiously and yeah. uh, managed to find a guy selling one on eBay that looked exactly like it. So I took a gamble and got that. Um, and the other two we've got are actually loaners from Gibson. Cool. So um, yeah, I still kind of split up. It's mostly Telecasters in the set. The other main telly I've got is a. Uh, Albert Collins' signature model. Mm-hmm. He was sort of my big influence growing up. So uh, keep it pretty simple, not too many. There's only so many guitars you can play in one show. So. Exactly, I know, I know. And so you have a guitar tech and who sorts the... Sorts yes, he does the, the hard work, yeah. the, the complicated stuff that I still can't figure out. Yeah, and I was just watching your sound check and you have got two Fender amps and a Marshall. Yeah, we use two Super Reverbs, which really is just one's a backup mm-hmm. in case the main okay. one goes down. And then it's a Marshall little 18 watt blues breaker that I combine with the um, Super for kind of the heavier stuff like Tidal Bound or yeah, to go really very very crazy. cool. And then pedal board, what's on your pedal board right now? Pedal board at the minute is pretty much as it's been for the past couple of years now, which is kind of stock Tube Screamer TS9, yeah. which is. You know, I own a lot of tube screamers. Yeah. Pretty invaluable. Um, what else have we got on there? We've got a Mojo Hand Rook, which is another distortion pedal that I use. Um, we've got a, a T-Rex uh, Tremster, which I use on songs like uh, Tried, Tested and True. There's mm-hmm. a couple of songs here and there I use it. I've got a Pog Octave pedal, which we're using on a couple of numbers. Uh, and a Delay pedal, which other than that, I keep it pretty simple. I don't like to... Yeah. It's a lot of exercise to be messing with pedals. I know, I know. And sometimes people do go overboard. You can, I saw a band open. actually last night, No Names Mentioned, at the 100 Club, and it was like a guitar and a drummer. Right. No bass. Mm-hmm. And the, the pedal board was like the size of this coffee table. Yeah. And you just kind of think, it's a little bit overcompensation. <laughs> I don't think you need that much, but I know. they're just their own. Well, especially nowadays with things like um, the Line 6 Helix and Kempers making touring a lot easier. Mm. The sort of I went through a phase of really digging pedals, actually. And, uh, you know, once you go down that sort of black hole, I found, they're so nice looking now and as well, and designs and so much. I know. And at the end of the day, I just need a tube screamer and, a, you know, some reverb on the amp, and yeah, that's about it. So that is about it. Keep it simple. I don't have the money, the budget to, to waste that, that I would like on pedals. So I, I know they're really some of them are really unaffordable now. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, 
it's um it's a lot for reverb or delay or whatever um so touring wise you've been touring the uk this past month mm-hmm. and you're going on tour next year with foreigner we are yeah we're That's playing cool. um yeah very cool in may we're doing five dates with them mm-hmm. and they're big venues you know royal albert hall and um royal symphony again in birmingham so mm-hmm. very excited to, to hop on that first big, yeah big tour and with your um you've been so prolific in terms of albums and like we were just talking like six albums in seven years do you have any tips for working on an album as an art form now that it's obviously the music industry is changing so mm. much and albums aren't quite as as they once were mm. um but it's still such a beautiful thing to actually complete um do you have any tips for that because i've never recorded one um, I mean, the th- main thing for me, I think, is it's still about the song, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, as I've always said, it's all right playing a great guitar solo, but if it's not in a great song, no one's ever going to hear it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's what, you know, what I try and focus on with all my albums. And, you know, once you've got the songs that you want, then it's about doing the treatment that does the song justice. Uh, in my case, that's usually quite, you know, stripped down. We may add back- backing vocals or second guitars that we wouldn't normally have live but mm-hmm. you know I tend to like to keep things as raw as possible because um, I, I think the energy of the performance is the most important thing sometimes yeah. it makes or breaks you know an album so um, for me it's just about getting you know you can't beat the right musicians with the right song you know I'm sure many a great album are made with pro souls and one person in the bedroom but it's uh, it's not the way I, I like to do things yeah and kind of in terms of blues, like, that's the way it was done. It's, yeah, it's, you know. It's blues because of it, rather than just... You know, this last album, Wild, was quite refreshing for that, to go back and... Not that I've ever... It was probably the shortest amount of time I've had to record an album. I think we did it in four days, mm-hmm. basic tracking. And I remember Dying to Know, which was the first song we we played, and we played one take, and Kevin just went, yeah, that's fine, move on. And we're like, don't you want a second one, just in case something went wrong with it? And he's like, you're not going to beat that take. You can, It's fine, move on, next song. You know, so that's, you know, that's a large part of it too. That's amazing on your part as well to actually just nail it in one it, take. It was, I think we all sort of looked at each other, the band, thinking, like, has he gone mad? He's <laughs> um, like, no, you're fine, move on. I'm like, all right, sweet. We're going to be done by midday. Well, that's very, very cool. Um, the final thing I wanted to just to talk about, because uh, in, is it 2011, 2012, uh, you played at the Jubilee? I did. With Annie Lennox. It would have been 2012. I 2012, think. yeah, the Jubilee. Yeah, it was kind of a big year for the UK, wasn't it? I was um, trying to remember it because it was my mum's birthday around the time. <laughs> that's what I remember. Um, and you came on all in white. Yes. With wings. Which was the biggest challenge of the day, given that the mall was covered in mud. Yeah. There was lots of golf <laughs> oh buggy God. action for me and Annie to try and get to the stage. Honestly, and the way you stood out, like, obviously she was there fronting the whole thing, but, but you stood out, like... It's oh, just absolutely incredible. And then the solo. Did I hear that something went wrong with one of the pedals? Yes, but technically it wasn't really the pedal. It was more sort of user error. Um, oh, right. <laughs> because I couldn't really hear myself because we weren't allowed amps on stage. Right. Because obviously the royal family, particularly the Queen, is not allowed to endorse, we were told, any sort of company. Wow. Or the particular company, PV, which was uh, donating the amps for the the show. Um, and they were, you know, miles away, so we couldn't really hear anything with the in-ears. And um, the light was... Sh- I, I couldn't see the pedal board, so actually my dis- the tube screen was on for the rhythm, and I turned it off for the solo, but I'd already walked towards Annie when I realised that there wasn't sort of any sustain. 
So, um, yeah, it was just one of those things. And it ended up sounding pretty clean and nice. So. Yeah, and didn't Stevie want to compliment you on Yeah, I got tracked down at the end of the night by his drum tech, who, yeah. That's a pretty cool message. claim to fame. I, I did claim, yeah. I did try and pretend it was intentional all along, and yeah, thank yeah, you very yeah, much. Yeah. But yeah. what happened? Ah, well, very cool. Thank you very much for your thank time. Thank you. No worries. Thank you for being on Tuesday Talks. And that is a wrap for this episode. I want you to comment on all my social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anything, even LinkedIn. If you don't follow me over on there, you should. Um, I want you to comment uh, that 2017 was a damn good year because the fact that I got these four interviews in such a short amount of time, I must have been on an interview good luck streak because these guys, oh my God, aren't they amazing? Go and listen to all their albums, all their music, everything. If I have introduced you to anyone new, amazing. If I have just reinstated your love for these artists, then even better because I'm sure you have heard of all of them. But thank you. Thank you for listening. Be sure to check out my YouTube channel. There will be a new episode up today as there is every Tuesday. This week's episode is a embarrassing, revealing video. Um, and I show you a music video that I shot with some of my best friends 10 years ago. 2009 was 10 years ago, guys. That's insane. It's gone so quickly and that's terrifying. It's going to be 2020 in no time at all. And then it's just going to be, well, anyway, that's just life, isn't it? In terms of updates, you will be the first to know um, because I haven't said this anywhere yet and it's still um, just in discussion of when I will release Lone Wolf, the EP. I think I am just going to release the singles um, and release the EP as a physical complete thing on my website and on Shopify and everything. But uh, on online platforms, I will release it individually spread it out over six weeks, maybe a little bit longer, just to give every track its time. You know, that's how um, I kind of want it to be perceived. And I wouldn't put out six videos in one day. So maybe six tracks could be a little bit overwhelming, but it will be available for hardcore fans um, over on maryspender.com. But I think it's going to be October at this point. It's still being mixed. Uh, a few things have just, you know, just pushed it back. So that is life as an independent musician um, when I'm doing everything myself. So and, you know, just project managing, um, mixing and mastering and all that stuff. So you are the first to know, you special lucky people. Um, but I probably just need to limit expectations. And otherwise, I guess I kind of think I've just refocused myself this week. I have had a bit of time off just over the weekend um, just to spend with friends and loved ones and just think, what do I want to achieve? So maybe if you are feeling a bit foggy, if your mind is a little bit, uh, I don't know, maybe it's getting to that point of the year where it's been a long one and if you're like me and you don't really have time for a summer holiday um, and you just have to keep working, which I know the majority of you do, you all work so, so hard. I think uh, 
it's just time to sort of like almost prepare for what 2020 will bring and or what you will bring to 2020 because you know it's September almost and yeah time flies and you just kind of have to have a steady plan in place and that is what I am telling myself that I need to be thinking six to 12 months down the line what do I want to achieve what am I kind of rushing is there something that I'm rushing that that doesn't need to be rushed and I sadly think that actually might be touring I think um, this year I won't be able to get on the road as I hoped Um, just again just dealing with um, things out of my hands that you know there's only so much I can control so just sort of taking ownership what can I control what can I deliver what can I create and refocusing my energy on that rather than worrying about the things that I just have no say over right now um so again I love your comments of telling me which cities to come to because that just gives me so much hope I cannot believe that I have even at least one fan let alone a few of you (laughs) all spread around the world it still blows my mind so keep the requests coming because I want to come to your city. I want to find good venues. I want to deliver a show in physical form. I want to feel this in real life. Um, But for the time being, I will be making the best videos and the best music I possibly can. Um, So just thank you for your patience as always. And yeah, um, you know what to do comment on everything send me your questions too i will feature a question next week um a few of you have emailed lovely voice notes and if you've had a question on your mind and you want to send me a nice little voice note then um my email is maryspenderpodcast at gmail.com but otherwise have a great week and i will speak to you soon bye